Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Triple Eight Podcast. In an effort to fill your week with mindless drivel, we will pick three more topics out of our lovely hat and talk about them for a pre-designated eight minutes. I am PJ. And I am Molly, and I am ready to aid us on our journey to nowhere by picking a random topic out of this stupid hat. It's like taking First, a train down Route 66. Jesus Christ, really? What do we get? Uh, the the first topic is um, is mayonnaise. Oh, you know what? You shut your mouth. You the shut first your topic mouth. Is mayonnaise. Hold on, eight minutes start now. Okay. So why are you excited? First, why are you excited? Because my favorite fact about mayonnaise is that mayonnaise is not made of anything anybody would think of. Mayonnaise is white and looks rather creamy. However, the components of mayonnaise. One of them is only white in name, and the other one is not white at all. Uh, like an egg? An egg? No, an egg yolk. There is no egg white in mayonnaise. <laughs> there is no egg white in mayonnaise. There is an egg yolk, and there is white vinegar. You mix those together very, very hard, maybe a little bit of lemon, and then you get a white creamy substance that has is no really cream in it. Yes! Yes, it's ridiculous. Just egg yolk and vinegar? Egg yolk and vinegar and lemon, sometimes if you're looking for a little extra citrusy kick. Yeah. I did not know that that, uh, well, I knew it was made out of eggs, but uh, okay, I did not know it was no, that simple. No, it's crazy. Cool. No one, like, uh, well, now I have to confirm this because I'm going to look this up on the internet because I'm stupid and I don't know anything. While you do that, while you do that, yeah, I'm it's going just to yolk. segue it's on. It's just yolk. It's just yolk. Wikipedia told me it's just yolk. Wikipedia told me it's just yolk. Okay, very good. Um, <laughs> well, now, now that we know that, uh, Ketchup is made out of a hundred million things, and mayonnaise is just no, nah, it's just eggs, mayo, stuff, mayo, <laughs> egg. No, no, vinegar, that's, that's, that's a good mayo. Egg vinegar mayo. Yeah. Very good. Also, I'm gonna make my own mayonnaise at home. You definitely should, but and here's why I'm gonna ask you that you you might want to hold off on that because mayonnaise is a condiment that is used the world over in places from America and its land of invention, France. Uh, to uh, parts of the Eastern Slavic world, like Russia and Poland, where mayonnaise is a very popular condiment that goes on many, many things. You can put mayonnaise on most anything. And lots of Eastern European companies have taken to making forms of mayonnaise that are much stronger than our puny Western counterparts. Like a, like a Miracle Whip type situation where it's like edgy mayonnaise or like this is going to burn your tongue. Oh, no, mayonnaise. no, no. Like mayonnaise, as it's called in Polish, mayonnaise vignari. Uh, where you will uh, feel the vinegar and the thickness in your throat as you eat the mayonnaise. I really do hope you're still reading this off the Wikipedia no. page, because if you know this as common, not okay. No, this, no, is, this is straight memory, baby. And Oh, good. I, 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 wish, I wish that mayonnaise was readily available in the U.S. and not purchasable for like $20 a jar on Amazon, or else I'd be purchasing it all the time and putting it on sandwiches, but not too much, because too much mayonnaise on a sandwich is gross. Uh, I feel like, yeah, well, no, of course, too much mayonnaise is, is really just unappetizing because it just feels like you're eating slime. Yeah. But yeah. if you have just, like, the right amount on it, like, you can't have a a um, a McChicken without mayonnaise. Like, it simply can't be done. It can't be done because it's not a McChicken if you do that. Or if you have uh, a BLT without mayonnaise, that's wrong. You're No, you can't do that. It's not a flap. <laughs> I also think, though, that if there is too much mayonnaise, there are kind of two ways to deal with the situation. One, you remove some of the mayonnaise. Two, you add another condiment. 
because you can overpower mayo with another condiment, and then I don't even mind if it's like spilling out of the sandwich. Like if I have mayo no, and ketchup, like if I have mayo and ketchup and it's spilling out of the sandwich, I'm a happy man. But if it's just mayo <laughs> spilling out of the sandwich, I'm like, ugh, nasty. No, I don't like that. I I prefer my condiments to stay in the sandwich because then it gets on my fingies and my fingies slimy. No nice, you know. Oh, you gotta maybe just maybe do a little uh, anti-social distancing, nope. a hand licky. Uh, maybe. Oh no! Don't licky fingy at the table. Ew. Especially with the That's virus. That's disgusting. No, yeah, no. Of course, global pandemic is the right time to be licking your fingers at the table. Okay, but uh, apart from that, oh, speaking of putting mayonnaise on sandwiches, I know that there are some purists that are like, oh, you can't put mayonnaise on hot dogs, or you can't put mayonnaise on... Lots of people think that mayonnaise should be barred from... No, I disagree entirely. No, the people... I actually think that extends to all condiments, mayonnaise included. You can put whatever condiments you want on anything. I think the people who say you can't put ketchup on a hot dog, those people are wrong. I think the people Agreed. who... I, I, dude... My favorite mixture for on top of a hamburger is literally in like one of those little uh, condiment cup things, uh, those kind of wide plastic ones that are like an inch deep. Uh, mm. I put a little bit of ketchup, a little bit of mayo, a little bit of mustard. You spin that up with a little forky poo, pop that on the sandwich. Um, for burgers, I think it depends. Like if you have a tomato, then you use mayo and mustard. Because mayo and mustard on a burger. Whoa. If you don't have a tomato, then you use ketchup. But if you do have a tomato, you don't use ketchup. Okay, but whatever. We're talking about mayonnaise here. And there are so many variants of mayonnaise. Like you said, there's cilantro mayo, there's spicy mayo, there's a bunch of mayonnaise-based sauces because mayonnaise is the most versatile continent ever, which that cannot be proven wrong. Dems is, no, it can't. Dems no, it can't. Them's is fighting words, my good friend. Them's is not fighting words. Uh, mayo... You can, like you said, you can overpower mayo. You can mix flavor flavors with mayo. It's the most versatile condiment for sure. No, no, no. The most versatile condiment. As much as I love ketchup, I gotta admit it's not the most versatile condiment. What is is yellow mustard. Unbeatable. No. Yeah. No. 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 Because no. with mayo, with mayo, there are just some things where mayo overpowers the taste. But every time I eat something with mustard, mustard complements the taste. I eat my pork chops with yellow mustard. Yeah, like, can you put must? Can you put mustard in as many places as you can put mayo? Where are you putting your mayonnaise? Uh, spicy mayo goes on. Spicy mayo goes on sushi. Can you put mustard on sushi? I'm sure you could. An oh yeah, no, that's blah. An experiment. An experiment for no. next time I'm at the restaurant, but I'm sure no. you could. I'm sure you could. Takes out his own bottle of yellow mustard at sushi restaurant. Yeah, okay. That's definitely going to be you, I'm sure. I'm a, totally what I'm you're going to do. I'm a Hellman's yellow mustard man myself. <laughs> or if you're going to if you're going to eat like a like a bowl at like Chicken Kitchen or Chipotle or something whoa, like that, whoa, you put like whoa. cilantro cilantro mayo. No, or one of those mustard mayo-based sauce. sauces. Curry mustard. Curry mustard on that. Oh, and you know it's better. You can't even eat the, cause the curry mustard is but, so much better than cilantro mayo. But you can still put cilantro mayo on so many more things. You can put it on pequeños. You can put it on, if you really want, you can put it on burgers. But I, I don't like Dude, that. what would a pequeño taste like with yellow mustard? That you see, yellow mustard. I feel no, like getting the flavor like, wouldn't mix. The flavor wouldn't mix. The flavor would go right over. But no, no, no. You're getting a taste adventure there. Like no. mayo is is the same. Like you know, it's it's not. I I like mayo. You're not you're not hearing me call mayo out. I like mayo, and it's a versatile condiment. But it's just not as versatile as yellow mustard when it comes to collaborating put, with flavors. You can put mayo 
on french fries. Belgians do it all you the can time. Put mustard on you french fries. No, but mustard on french fries is just strange. It's overpowering. Mayo's just like, oh, look, it's a flavor that's just there and it makes me smile because it's soft. Does it mayo make you feel like gross after you eat it? Like there's grease pouring out of your skin? That's eating too much mayo. That's not what I said. No, mustard. If you, if you eat the right amount of mayo. If you eat to, if you eat more than enough mustard, you'll know because your tongue will literally reject it. Your tongue will be like, nope, this is not allowed, and then explode. If you eat too much mayo, you'll just feel unsatisfied because like, oh, that's a lot of slime and fat. From but it tasted really good. From what you just said, there appears to be a mayo sweet spot where you can just have right just the right there amount is. of mayo, and then like, uh, like the you reach some kind of state. Oh, the end. time's up. The time is up, and that's the mayonnaise on the McChicken is the sweet spot, by the way. But that is the eight <laughs> minutes. I asked, I asked for a McChicken, not a gosh darn McCum sandwich. <laughs> the amount of mayonnaise. And now we have to put the explicit E on the episode because I said that. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. We didn't have to EJ. put the E on the last one. It was crazy. I was like, huh, gotta correct this soon enough. <laughs> uh, we're sticking with food here. Ooh. The next topic is. Thanksgiving dinner foods. Oh, yes. Thanksgiving, eight minutes starts now. So before before we get to, like, the merits of each of them, I want to go through. I'm just going to say names, and you say yes or no as to whether they should be there. And I'm going to start with some obvious ones, but bear with me. Turkey? No. What? <laughs> I just wanted to see your reaction there. I'm, I'm being honest. So, okay, turkey? Yes. Stuffing? Yes. Sweet potato. Yes. Uh, cornbread stuffing. Yes, hopefully. Did I already say stuffing? You said stuffing, yeah. So uh, I was, I was uh, cranberry, cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce, yes. Uh, and then mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't like mashed potatoes, but it should be there. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, I, I, and I respect that too. Not really. I dislike that immensely, it, but it I respect like, it. Okay, well, we'll we'll get to it later. Uh, and then, and then a little bit of a touchy one macaroni and cheese yeah i'm fine with it okay cool just making sure so, i feel like you're missing uh you're missing green beans some sort of green thing like but like green beans in like the unhealthy way like breaded and like buttered no no it can be any sort of green green thing it doesn't even need to be green beans it just needs to be green so people are like oh, okay i'm fine with yeah, eating the yeah, rest so of it. i'm not like obnoxiously fattening <laughs> food but okay green yeah, is here yeah. for me i i accept the presence of a vegetable but what's this about mashed potatoes uh mashed potatoes taste like warm cream cheese and i don't enjoy that you're you're making them wrong then buddy <laughs> uh no i'm, I'm not i'm e I, I guess my tongue is wrong but uh it's, it's not yeah, mashed potatoes taste like no, actually no it doesn't taste like warm cream cheese it tastes like it's the sweet spot between warm cream cheese warm mayo and a curdled mixture of both Who, who's putting first there's off because there's texture there well first off mayo can't curdle because it's not made of milk which is one of the That's astounding tough. things about mayo <laughs> but i regret uh i digress listen digress. listen if you're if you if your mashed potatoes are tasting like that and not like warm, fluffy, creamy potatoy goodness, 
I, I don't know who's making your mashed potatoes, but let me let me give you a, a piece of advice. Go to Boston Market, buy yourself a heap and helping of mashed potatoes. You eat those. Oh yeah, I'm totally gonna go to my neighborhood Boston Market, of which there are so many, because Boston <laughs> Market is such a prevalent fast food chain. I could just cross the street and look at that at Boston <laughs> Market. Goodness, let me go buy my, my let's go buy groceries at the neighborhood Aldi. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't you insult Aldi, man. But that's not what we're that's talking not... about. We're talking about mashed potatoes. No, we're not. We're talking about Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Thanksgiving. But okay, mashed, so potatoes mashed potatoes is the current topic. I'm vetoing mashed potatoes because no, just tastes wrong. It's it feels like something that shouldn't be that runny or soft. But they're not potatoes should be. Runny. They have. They should have texture. Yeah, I mean they are compared to like a French fry. I don't like baked potatoes either. It's just like. Mm-hmm. It's too much potato at, at a time. If you, I like the most potato I can handle is like one of those KFC wedges. Those are good. Those are heartier, like steak fries. That's that's a good bit of potato. But then, how are you eating your? Are you like taking the baked potato and just like chopping a bite out of it, like a like a carrot? No, like, no. <laughs> but like some people just get a fork and just like whoops, get in, dig into a baked potato. That's what you do. And then, yeah. No, no, and then their remedies, yes, let's put sour cream on it. Another very creamy substance that will only make it more awkward to put in your mouth. Heck, heck yeah. That's That sounds all great to me. Let's put tomatoes in my potato. <laughs> what is that? Why do people, okay, no, I'm enough about potatoes. Uh, turkey, Thanksgiving is an essential. It's a must. It's yeah, no, no. People that eat ham on Thanksgiving. No, sin. Cool, but go, sin. go home. No, yeah. no, sin. Yeah. No, no, no. I get you ham on stop. Christmas. I get maybe ham or like Puerco on Nochebuena. But you replace anything other than Thanksgiving, tur- turkey for Thanksgiving, with anything else? No. Get out. Shoot. Um, The stuffing. Unless you're like a vegan. I feel if like, like a vegan, I feel like, if you're like a vegan. Okay, well, if, you're, if you're vegan, you can't eat. Exceptions. Obviously, you can't eat either. But, um. If you <laughs> begrudgingly acknowledge yeah, that like, vegans and vegetarians yeah. exist, I, I wonder, do they have tofu on it? Or like a, a soy substitute? Tofurky? Tofurky? I don't know, dude. Oh, you know what? I want to try a turducken. But that, I have no clue when you would ever eat. When is it appropriate to eat a turkey? Probably Thanksgiving. Probably Thanksgiving. I, if you stuff a turkey with stuffing, why not stuff it with a duck and then and, stuff that and a chicken? Or stuff, <laughs> stuff it with the chicken, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Uh, I think it was How I Met Your Mother where they have the tur turkiki, uh, yes. where Ted stuffs a turkey with another turkey. Truly, how truly culinary innovation. I think it's Ted. But I um, could be entirely wrong, but there's a, a famous sitcom that has tur turkiki. TV make turkiki. Yeah. Uh, but okay, I get. I get, obviously, Thanksgiving turkey essential. What a lot of people don't consider essential is when you make sweet potatoes, putting the marshmallows on top. Uh, My family does the marshmallows. I don't eat the sweet potato casserole because I feel like, again, it gets the mashed potato consistency, and that's just a huge turnoff. If it were sweet potato fries, like, I prefer my tomatoes. uh, Tomatoes. (laughs) I prefer my potatoes cooked. Good lord, cooking all the way through. They are cooked. Baked potato, don't they? They're not. A baked potato is not fully. It's just there's a little bit of running. Like it's not. It's not hard. Dude, what are you trying to eat? Do you want me to just hand you like a like a burnt potato and then you just chomp Cook it? Cook the damn potato. Cook the ta- cook the damn potato. It's, it's baked cut it into, for a reason. Cut it into strips and fry it or air fry it, which is what my my family likes to do now. I don't like air fryers. They're bad. 
okay, they're fine. They're fine, it's but like they're a, ineffective it's like, it's like compared a, it's like to a convection oven, but like a drawer, like a cabinet convection. <laughs> it is. It's a small cabinet. But um, no, I want I want my sweet potatoes to be hard. I want to bite into something and feel like, oh, I am breaking through a layer. And then there is something inside that is a little softer, how, but you know, like a French fry or a, a potato. How, that, you know, how about you think about it like it's something different? Think about it like it's not sweet potato. Think you can use a different name. You can call it a yam if you want. But like, think wow. Of, but like, think about it as like a separate what a from a potato. You made. But think about it as being different from like a potato entity. Like think of it as just the same. Da- it's the same damn food, and the consistency is not one that I like. We will move on to the uh, what is it? Mac and cheese. Cool. Oh, mac and cheese is a uh, uh, for me Thanksgiving necessity. Necessity. I I think we like split it. Like every other year, we do have mac mac and cheese. I've better I'm remembering it wrong, but I don't know. I know some people don't consider it a staple. But that gets me wondering. You said you don't eat the mashed or the sweet potato. What do you eat? Just the turkey and the veggies? Uh, I eat the turkey, the stuffing, which we haven't oh, mentioned yeah, somehow. Yeah, stuffing. But that's, uh, I feel like that's like, of, you, you kind of... Stuffing, only the stuffing, only the stuffing that was inside the turkey. The stuffing that was outside the turkey, I feel like, eh, why make it? It's like, it's less. I, I have a, a bit of a... You have a lot of people. I have a bit of a family sin. We don't actually stuff our turkey with stuffing anymore. Wow, let's just, just acknowledge how awful that is. It's called stuffing. Or what do you do with the stuffing? Well, no, sir. In the South, it's called dressing. Cornbread dressing, and it's still. Penny is in the south. No, not allowed. <laughs> well, I'm from a southern. No. Fa- I'm from the southern family. Uh, oh well, the, the time's up. But just know that I'm angry at you. <laughs> oh, I'm. Goodness. That is awful. I, I don't think so. I think it's fine as long as you're getting. Stuff your turkeys. Because it's it, listen, it's stuffing itself in your stomach. So. Ooh. <laughs> All right. What do we got, Molly? Last topic of the day. Let's make it count. Our topic is... No. That was already a repeat in that. Oh, dang it. I hate repeats. All my homies hate okay, repeats. Okay, so now I'm going to now I'm gonna reshuffle what? and then pick something out of the hat. How, how you good. doing today, Molly? You doing good? No. Modern art doesn't suck. That's what, that's what um, the topic is. Modern art doesn't suck. So eight minutes start now. So PJ... Modern art doesn't suck. No, modern art doesn't suck. <laughs> and from from where we're from, specifically from the, the art classes that we've been in, that's a fairly uh, revolutionary opinion. <laughs> there are Apparently, lo- yeah. yeah. There are like lots of people in my uh, art history classes from high school who think anything painted after the year, like, say, 1800 is just complete and utter uh, dreck. Yeah, there are people that believe that the only good painting occurred during the Renaissance. The people in the Baroque were stre- were stretching it, and then the rest is just garbage. Oh no, neoclassical is fine because it reflects ancient. Yeah, it looks ba- looks back to it. And listen, you're not gonna hear me doubt the, the severely flawed in terms of uh, overemphasis on masculinity and gender norms and stuff like that. But you won't hear me doubt the greatness of classical art of Renaissance art. I love it. I love all of it. But like, I'm actually more of a fan of modern art than those. Yeah, but you still like it. You're not. You're not. You're no, not disliking it. Yeah, no. But like, right, right. But like, there's something about the like the raw emotion that comes from like a Van Gogh or a Basquiat, like that doesn't necessarily have to emphasize all its power on like form, but instead on emphasis of like 
creative stroke and emotion. And I think that's a very important emphasis to make. Right, and I feel like the, the main argument is like, oh, you look back at all the good artists and then you see Jackson Pollock is just scribbling lines on the canvas. Yes, he is. It's kind of, it's, it's called having your own style. Hey, Isn't that wild? Hey, hey, drunkenly scribbling lines on the canvas. Goodness, he was so drunk. <laughs> wow. All the time. Yep, which is even more impressive that just a like a, an obnoxiously drunk person just decided like hey i'm gonna go make an art and then made hundreds of millions of dollars yeah and i think saying words like those buzzwords like modern and contemporary don't kind of lend like credence to like the fact that styles have changed so much in the last like century or like also i like how in the art world modern is basically like after like romanticism onward is kind of modern. modern yeah of course so a lot of people think modern is just like oh the the art like the weird looking sculpture I saw outside of the museum one time. That's not modern art. Like Monet's modern. That person was definitely referring to the spider located outside Guggenheim Bilbao. That big weird spider thing, which I'll admit. Or like, Jeff Co- Jeff Koons's balloon dogs. Oh, those those are just kind of kind of basic. But uh, Jeff Koons is a topic for another time. But, uh, I respect him. I love him. He should go in the hat. Um, yep. Uh, but my thing with modern art is that when you kind of step away from form and start considering other aspects of art, you gain an appreciation for how like how much those other aspects, how much dedication they require. So like how mm-hmm. much emotional power, regardless of how you think someone like and I, I'm not a Mark Rothko fan, but regardless of how much talent you think Mark Rothko yes. Yeah, but like, regardless of how much emphasis or power you think Mark Rothko required to paint a, a, a black square on a red field, it probably drained him emotionally and like took a lot of power from within him. So I'm not going to knock it, even though formally I don't think it's particularly interesting or... Like, oh, not even... It's not a, a formally impressive feat, I feel like. Yeah, with Mark Rothko, whom I love because Mark Rothko is so great. People are just like, oh, I could have done that. First of all, you didn't. Yeah. He did. Yeah, that's How the primary that? argument with it. It's like, <laughs> I could do that. It's like, yeah, but you didn't because you're clearly not as creative as the artist because the artist <laughs> thought of it. You thought to do it after you had seen him do it. Mm-hmm. Or her. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about Rothko, but him or her or them, I'm not discriminating. Right, like Helen Helen Frankenthaler, Ooh. another yes. another person that likes uh, color field art. That just really, I feel like there's a lot of emotion there, even if it's not supposed to like represent anything that you could find in the real world, which I don't feel like art needs to do. It still looks beautiful. The colors are great, and sometimes you know, if there's only two colors on the canvas, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and if it's just. If you don't make any shapes, I'm also fine with that. Yeah, I don't care. 100%, it looks cool. 100%. And I also think there there needs to kind of be this de- uh, like this la- like we have to de-emphasize like traditional like formal beauty. So like an artist like Wangechi Mutu who did like praying mantra, like I do not think that's a pretty piece at all. In fact, I don't like the piece very much. But for me to I. recognize that like the work that went into that and like the symbology behind it in terms of just the post-Africanism about it, the 
collage-like aspect about it. Like, it's a cool piece. I might not love it, but I'm not going to sit here and get mad at it because an artist decided to use their creativity in a way they thought was productive. That's not just, just not my role. Right. And then you have on the other side, someone that is practically obsessed with forms in Piet Mondrian, who's just, oh, loads the guy that did the squares, right? Yeah. yeah. He did straight lines and the yellow and red square. Well, yes, but damn, those lines are sharp as hell. That looks so nice. Are you yeah. kidding? There's like it's this crazy. There's like this idea that like every artist has to be like this Raphael guy who paints on these big cartouches and does like seven pre-drawings to like measure out each frame in like a geometric ratio and then paints them all on this like neoclassical like perfectionist style. When in reality, a lot of the same values of those art can be extracted from someone like Piet Mondrian or even Kazimir Malevich who literally painted like a white field. That yep, yeah, white on white. Just oh look, white paint on a canvas. Is that technically art? Yes, it is. Yeah, because he, he did something. Something was done. Even the art of doing nothing. I feel like per, like performance art, where it's just some guy standing. It's technically art because he is doing nothing for an audience. So like anything that is seen could be art. Yeah, hundred percent. And Yoko Ono is a really good example of that. Like she literally had a piece that was just like her taking off articles of clothing. Like, yeah, but she broke up the Beatles, so I don't like her. She, um, she didn't break up the Beatles. Yeah, she did. No, she broke up the Beatles. No, she did. Um, sexist point of view, and you're inherently sexist. But step yeah, away from that because we're talking about performance art, uh, and she does well, have a cool. Modern art, so. Oh well, we were t performance art. Okay, yes, if you want to call Gregorian chants a form of performance art from the non-modern period, we can. We can I do that. acknowledge that Yoko Ono is a good performance artist. Yeah, no, like, that is something that she that is something that she like really took the time to cultivate. Yeah, just... yeah, hundred percent. But I, I I just think that there is this this obsession with like the brilliant mind of the artist and its lack of empathy for the rest of the world when in reality like a lot of artists base their work entirely off of emotions they feel and empathy they feel for other people in the world like oh yeah like um all those abstract expressions what do you think they're making all the lines for you think like oh they just thought one day i'm gonna draw lines on a paper no they they were moved to do something like that, something bright or something dull, something that made random lines on a paper, and that's how they felt that day. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, it all stems from. It's not like like uh, Kandinsky's like, oh, I have been inspired by God to paint this majestic <laughs> figure. He's like, oh, I hear colors. Uh, I'm Time. gonna paint the colors I hear. Time. I hear colors. He, he, he did. did. He heard colors. And then he saw. Then he. <laughs> He saw the and drew. he saw the he colors he heard, and then he drew a horse and a rider. Like he Hooray! <laughs> well, yeah, no, look at that. That's that's three. It's three topics. How do we do that? Three that whole topics, eight whole minutes per topic, twenty-four minutes and change, picking out some topics, and I guess we'll see. Okay, I mean, uh, I can imagine. I can imagine, like for for us, it pro it seems like that went by like really quickly. I can imagine that the people listening is just like. Yeah, trudging through. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially that. <laughs> it's just like, oh god, eight minutes. We went on a diatribe about the merits of overflowing mayonnaise. Uh, I think, uh, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, join us next uh, week so that you can hear yet another twenty-four and change minutes of us talking about literally nothing. Yeah, that's a good. That's about it. Okay, okay. bye. Bye.